Praise the Lord. Lord, we thank you for your favor and grace and your mercy. You are a very present help, Lord, in trouble. Thank you, Lord, for being faithful to us, to each of us. Oh, Father, thank you, Lord, for the love you have for your children, each brother, each sister. Abba, Father, we come to you and we fall at your feet, Lord, and acknowledge there is no God like thee, Lord. Thank you, Father. Our everlasting strength before the mountains are brought forth, wherever you had made the world, this earth, Lord, before, Father, you ever made the world. In all generations, you are dwelling place from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Love you, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for the body of Christ, family of God, to pray and intercede, Lord. Thank you for giving them the spirit of prayer to the gift from heaven and compassion and selfless intercession. Reward them, Father, wonderful, bless them. Cause your tremendous spiritual growth to occur in the midst of us. This church will be taken yet to another level even as you add souls, Father, into your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, every trial, Father in heaven, has a victory, a reward. And Lord, even as it is unbearable, Lord, to have witnessed what we witnessed with Esther formerly and recently, Thank you, Lord, that you are the God who is bringing it through every time. And you will put an end to everything, Lord, that is against her because of the purpose of God and the work of God in her. Thank and praise you, Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is the faithfulness of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Speak to us, Father, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 90, before we get into the Proverbs briefly. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, wherever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man to destruction and say, Return, O children of men. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, and like a watch in the night, you carry them away like a flood. They are like a sleep. In the morning they are like grass which grows up. In the morning it flourishes and grows up. In the evening it is cut down and withers. For we have been consumed by your anger and by your wrath, we are terrified. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. For all our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh. The days of our lives are seventy years, and if by reason of strength they are eighty years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? 
as the fear of you sows your wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long, and have compassion on your servants. O satisfy us early with your mercy, that we may rejoice. We may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us. The years in which we have seen evil. Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. This psalm, as you may see, the heading and some of the Bible says a prayer of Moses is written, the man of God. Prayer of Moses, the man of God. And Moses has captured here the nature of God as judge as the righteous judge and the people that he's speaking of who are taken away are not the children of God but they're human beings children of men who are like the empires that came along fierce and the people who followed the spirit of those empires such as Egypt Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, and for that matter all the nations of the world that do not have the Lord as their God. They're all doing things. Every empire and every human being has an agenda. And it's an utter futility and darkness, total emptiness for people to pursue their own ends with the gifts that God has given, the gift of life and every resource God has made available. To pursue one's own agenda without Acknowledging the living God who gave everything, created everything to begin with. This is why Moses, the man of God, wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, you turn man to destruction. You turn man to destruction. And even a thousand years, even if generations pass before the eyes of Almighty God, it's just a brief moment. It's like a sleep in the night, a watch in the night, and they're carried away like a flood as a brief memory. God has given us insight in this psalm to step into the supernatural, heavenly perspective and realm to really see that everything in life is absolutely meaningless. And especially when we go through trials where Death seems imminent, especially when we go through trials where everything that is within us is expended. 
and it takes a supernatural touch of God to revive us and strengthen us, nourish us and help us to fight and overcome. He gives us the victory. Our sufficiencies of God, everything we have, everything we are. As believers, we know this. And we see the contrast with the world and our own former lives in the world of Egypt and Assyria and Babylon and Persia, the Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome. You see the remnants all over, the Greek influence everywhere, even to the Supreme Court of this land, many other places in the world. Tremendous influence of the Greeks and the Romans in the culture, in the art. What did they live for? Was it Jesus Christ? Did they exalt the living God, the only true God? No, they had many gods, which are no gods. And what they developed, people have embraced it, not understanding there's a spirit behind it. We need to be careful. But when we come to God, God makes us an original. He changes us, He gives us identity, He gives us purpose, and He fashions us according to His plan, which He planned for us before the foundation of the world in Christ Jesus. And though life is like a vapor, as written in James, and here, man's life, like a grass which grows up, and it seems to flourish very well, but then by the evening it's cut down. But an insight and an introduction to real wisdom, the true wisdom from God, when we're able to see this that we've never seen before, we cannot see, man cannot conceive of this. It has to be revealed to us that there is a living God. It's by revelation from the Holy Spirit. And to intimate that knowledge from the heart of God that this is the state of affairs of the entire human race, generation after generation, empire after empire, family after family, nation after nation, individual after individual. It seems they all are on the Broadway. On a Niagara Falls down to destruction. The Lord says He's given a measure of time to everyone. And that the best thing we can do is to have a healthy perspective with reverent awe of who the living God is. He is the judge of all the earth and He is the sovereign of the universe. He is greater than we can conceive in our human minds. The first step to knowing Him is to fear the Lord to have a healthy fear of the Lord. We must have it. And then we can cry with this cry from wisdom. Verse 12, So teach us to number teach us to number our days that we may gain or apply our hearts unto wisdom. He said in light of his power, his judgments, and every boast of mankind, the span of life, Moses, the man of God, though he lived to be 120, the lifetime 
averages were drastically reducing after the flood from men who lived close to a millennium, including Noah himself. It gradually decreased and then a sharp decline to the point where the average lifespan was said by Moses, if it's 70 years and maybe 80 years, if someone is really strong, Yet, the span of eight decades, even, is only labor and sorrow. And we can extend that to apply to the exceptions to that general average for the lifetime of human beings. In some cultures where the life expectancy is perhaps in the 50s or 60s, others can go up to 80s, maybe the 90s. But what is that compared to a thousand years, which are but as a a brief time before God, as yesterday when it's past, like a watch in the night. One night it's over. God gives us wisdom to pursue Him. And when we understand that we can get easily spoiled and take for granted the riches of the grace of this awesome God. It's written in the scriptures, God is known by his judgments. When he executes judgment, when he meets out justice, who he is is revealed, as well as when he pours out his loving kindness unto his children and pours out common grace to the entire human race by giving the sunshine and the rain. You see Matthew 5. To subtract this part of the scriptures about the awesomeness of the living God, that it is an absolute terror to go against Him and to think one can thrive, whether in business or in politics or the personal lives and personal agendas and hobbies, careers, whatever pursuit in life, to think that a person can become their own God and do what they want, it's a terrifying experience to come to face God in the end. Because He's a righteous God. He will not give His glory to another. And He will not excuse or allow defiance to continue. We see that very clearly in the case of Pharaoh. It took ten plagues, extraordinary, unprecedented events, exacted by God through the man of God and through the instrumentality of his older brother Aaron to be a spokesman, to perform things that the world never saw. Water turned to blood and frogs without number and lice and tremendous plagues. People today get extremely upset and it's not uncommon for people to become very, very disgusted and uh, annoyed and even frightened, distracted by one pest, maybe a mouse, a rat that's found in the house, in a 
human being can't rest until that's caught or taken out. Why? Because they have certain characteristics. They're called pests for a reason. Same thing with different kinds of bugs. And we don't have these in our home. We don't keep them in our home and grow them, think that we can live with them. But Egypt instantly saw billions upon billions of lice, flies, frogs, frogs perhaps in the millions. They witnessed that the water could not be drunk because of because of the blood that it became. Going to get a cup of water and, or see the Nile River turn to blood. How drastic that is when we don't have water or the water is being reintroduced into our system in our homes through the pipes and we see that muddy water, the first bit of water, we don't drink that. It's disgusting and all kinds of smell and color to it and sediments. We wait till it becomes pure. But if the water comes out of blood from the tap, go to take a shower and blood coming out, how horrifying that will be. The people of Egypt they didn't need much to happen for them to begin to cry. And his servants came to Pharaoh and said, please, just let the people go. This God is too strong for us. But the man's heart was so hardened. No wonder God's wrath is executed fiercely to such people like Pharaoh. He's not alone. There are many people that defy the Lord day in and day out and we were among that group the mercy of God came wisdom came we opened our hearts by the grace of God to say Lord I acknowledge that you are the living God I'm just dust now that your mercy has been shown to me and I've been able to have this revelation I submit and surrender to you the living God change my ways change my life, help me to live for you. But this Pharaoh continued until even after wailing abounded in all of Egypt when the firstborn were killed. In his madness he pursued the Israelites after letting them go. And the Lord said, you've been watching this man increasing in his arrogance and defiance to me with a clenched fist. Today, Moses and all the people of Israel, children of Jacob, Isaac and I, Abraham, as I spoke to Abraham, 430 years, 400 years, 
then they will come out with great victory. I'll bring them out. The Egyptians you see today, this head of this group of demon-inspired people, empire, So you see them no more. This Pharaoh that is relentlessly pursuing you and seems to increase in his defiance and there's no end to it, it appears. Lord said, I'm the Lord your God. Now put an end to this. You'll never be hounded by the Egyptians and this Pharaoh again. Pharaoh rose in the night with that last plague. There was a great cry in Egypt. All the servants, because from the firstborn of the captive slave in the prison to the firstborn of all livestock and right into the palace Pharaoh's house at midnight the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt then in haste at night Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron and said just take your people and go Because all the people started to cry. They were all going to die if we continue to defy this Moses and Aaron, the God. God caused a great plunder, spoil to come out for his people. And then the pursuit recurred on the part of Pharaoh he came with vengeance he mustered all his troops to decimate these people that were slaves were the old and young not one warrior among them and he thought to make an end of them And God caused them to cross the sea. And that's when Satan inspired Pharaoh to go after them. And when the enemy brought fear and terror and threat to the people of God, God said through Moses, don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which you will accomplish for you today, for the Egyptians whom you see today. You shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. You shall hold your peace. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Teach us to number our days.
that we may apply our hearts into wisdom and whatever the enemy is trying to do in any believer's life when we are seeking the Lord and we have repented and we're broken before the Lord and the pressure is too much the trial is too great we fall on our faces before the living God and cry out for his mercy the Lord chose himself to be the Savior and Redeemer An awareness of his majesty comes in the manner in which he pours out his loving kindness to us and gives deliverance just at the right time. Weeping may endure for night, but joy comes in the morning. His mercies are new every morning. Blessed be the rock, our God, who shall fight for us and overcome the enemy. The believer is given strength. God is known. His great mercy, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. And he promised, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he promised that I am the Lord that healeth thee. The one who forgives all iniquities and heals all your diseases, redeems your life from destruction, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The God who bore our sicknesses and carried our sorrows on his own body. The God who rebukes the devourer for our sakes, who punishes the enemy and overtakes and overcomes and destroys the horse with his rider in the depths of the sea. God is known by his magnificent mercy to his children but also by his judgments on his enemies. And the children of Israel got to see the goodness, miraculous hand of God. The goodness of God and his miracle working power. As he parted the Red Sea and they came out great rejoicing then when they saw the enemy they became afraid and there was impending doom from Satan and the Lord took that army apart caused the wheels to get stuck after they came to the point of no return and he made an end of them God wiped out the earth with a flood he didn't spare anyone except eight people the book of Peter is written that he will burn the heavens and the earth. It will melt. With a fervent noise it will pass away. God is known by his judgments. He is the awesome God and blessed be God's name. The living God Yahweh is our heavenly Father. He will defend his people. The believer we see all of these things in the revelation of God and we ask the Lord Lord show us your favor there's boasting much boasting in this world we have no part of it except to boast in our God Lord with the afflictions we've gone through will you bless us 
Will you reverse the situation? Will you satisfy us early with your mercy? Have compassion on your servants. How long will this continue? You see verse 13 in Psalm 90. Verse 16, let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children. Oh, this presence of God will come down. God is doing something great. Glory is something big. Glory be to his holy name. He cannot fail. And he's changing hearts and preparing us for himself to live with him forever. And through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with us. He's our refuge, our shelter. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, even through the affliction and through the trouble. And let they become, let them become a platform for promotion from God. As we seek His mercy, He is faithful. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. Psalm 90 verse 17, the last verse. And establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, Establish the work of our hands. Every family represented here on the morning call and every believer throughout the world has the great privilege of knowing this awesome God who is known by His mercies, which are new every morning to His children, His beloved, and His judgments to His enemies. He's a God who acts exactly on time. He's a God who is the almighty sovereign of the universe. Oh, when we don't have breath, we're on the brink of death. The Lord of resurrection appears and death flees. Every demon must flee in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the rock. This psalm itself can be placed among the wisdom literature, although we generally look at the Psalms as songs and poetry. Why? Because it shows us the wisdom that comes from above to know who we are, who the world, world's people are, who God is, and how we refuse to take the Broadway that's taken millions upon millions to hell. We refuse to partner with the Pharaoh and defy the living God. Rather, we submit ourselves, humble ourselves like Moses, the meekest man on the face of the earth, carrying out God's instructions, being invited by God, by God to have an intimate communion with Him, supernatural experiences, and being prepared for the spiritual Canaan. A few days we ended with the verse... The very second verse in Proverbs 21, every man's ways is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. One way to know that we're right in God's sight is when we open our ears to hear his wisdom. And we ask him to speak to us and have a deeper connection with him, a greater repentance, a permanent handing over of everything that we've been given, including life into the hands of our faithful Father, saying, Lord, you mold me, you make me. I want to be used by you for your glory. I want to live for you, Lord. I want to do right. The God of all the earth is righteous. 
Abraham came and stood before the Lord when he knew that God's going to destroy that place, Sodom and Gomorrah, in the region. And he knew his nephew was there. He came near to God very humbly. He said, Lord, I, if there are 50 righteous people in that place, are you going to destroy the whole place when 50 righteous are there just because the rest are bad, Lord? Lord said, I won't do it. If I find, if I find 50 righteous, said, Lord, don't, don't get angry, but let me speak again. 45, Lord, will you destroy the entire place? 45. Abraham was seeking help for his nephew. And he went down to 30 and 20 and 10. God patiently listened to all his requests. The Lord gave him his word. If I find 10, I won't destroy the place. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham and Abraham returned to his place. The reality was, although Abraham thought that surely there must be ten there, not just my nephew, maybe his family and some others, God destroyed the place because he couldn't even find ten. Ultimately, he only found one man. One. The entire region of Sodom and Gomorrah. So, he did not destroy the place because he found ten righteous when he gave his word that I won't destroy it if I find ten. But he didn't find ten and he destroyed the place. The one that he found, he brought out. He brought three others Lot's wife and the daughters, they're not like Lot. And you see the results of where their hearts were in their lives. We are called to have the fear of the Lord and have the wisdom of God so that we can know that although we're human beings and every day has activities and things to do and our minds can get caught up in the things we need to do and the interactions with other human beings and our jobs and the focus we need to have on <clears throat> working, providing and planning and all these things. But it is a treasure and a blessing and a prerequisite for anyone who's a genuine pilgrim on the way to heaven. To continually understand God is known by His mercies but also by his justice. He's known by his loving kindness and his benefits that he renders to us, especially as his children, but also by his judgments. He never changes. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And for his children, we can come. Understanding he's such an awesome God that he's willing to speak to us tenderly because we're his children. And he always speaks tenderly to his children when we are doing what we should be doing. And even, as he said to King David, he said, even if your seed, David, I've sworn by my holiness, I'm not going to change my mind. 
I'm going to make you my firstborn, that is the highest of all the kings of the earth, and children from your body, your generations. If they do not follow me, he said, I will chasten them, but I won't take my mercy away from you. He's faithful and good, wonderful is the Lord. May the name of the Lord be glorified in our lives as our thinking is to the degree God expects as we mature in Him to know that we we must be in awe of Him continually. And the proof of a true fear of God, true awe of Him is when we actually conform to His ways. If we say we fear God and we love God, but we don't do what He says and we rebel in certain areas, then we don't have the fear of God. But God gives an opportunity to get that straight the anchor of our souls is Jesus Christ, the living God, the salvation that we received from Him. And we must work out our salvation with fear and trembling. It's an, an imperative. It's a prerequisite. Within the context of receiving loving words from God who loved the world so much that He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him, no matter where we have come from, we've all come into the family of God through the blood of the Lamb of God, through His Holy Son, God's Son, Jesus. We learn more of the nature of God and we develop in our relationship, fellowship with Him and we begin to think the way God wants us to think and the maturity continues the way God wants it to continue on schedule, on time provided we continue to walk by faith, not by sight, understanding that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. God spoke. God created. So that the things that are seen are actually controlled by the things that are unseen. There's a reality behind the reality, quote-unquote, that we see, three dimensions with our eyes, there's something beyond that. It's the realm of the supernatural. And we're made from that realm in the image of God. And born again from above. So truly, this world and this life, and no matter what we do, activities and travel and all the good things and different things we like to do, they're all just a shadow and watch in the night. Why should we take full stock in this as opposed to resting our eyes upon eternity for a city whose builder and maker is God, our permanent abode? And continue to talk with the Lord and continue to pray this prayer found in Psalm 90. Lord, teach me to number my days that I may apply my heart into wisdom, Lord. I Recall, Lord, that you said in the Epistle of Ephesians, where the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul, redeeming the time for the days of evil. Walk not as fools, but as circumspectly. Walk circumspectly. Walk with wisdom, prudence, that the time must be given over to God so that He can run our day and run our lives. And there will be a production and fruit unto eternity. We can live for God. 
this just the awareness of that and the prospect of that is heavenly, absolutely divine. And then to pursue that is to live in the heavenly realm, supernatural realm. To leave everything else behind to follow Jesus and bring everything that concerns us into his hands and at his feet. To say to the Lord, Lord, I don't know anything. I don't know what to do with my time. I don't know what to do with the energy you've given. I don't know how to spend the money you've given. I don't know anything, Lord, except you give me wisdom. And because I've come to you, Lord, there's no waste. Where formerly I did things according to my creaturely desires and my carnal understanding. Now I bring everything to the feet of the Lord Jesus. He's a living God. People go to idols and they put resources there. They throw their food and they all kinds of gifts. Should not the living God, the only true God, the sovereign of the universe who created light and every planet and every moon of the planets, the seas, the volcanoes, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, every member of our body so wonderfully formed by him, who can make a human being inside another human being? Who can form a human being inside another human being? Every part developing exactly as the Creator willed it. From the heart to the lungs to the eyes. And the genotypes and all these things that man just discovers and will continue to discover and never be able to know the whole thing. Because it's the handiwork of God. To not acknowledge that there's a creator behind this. We didn't do it ourselves. We are not. We have not made ourselves. Our own hands. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. God draws us to show us he loves us. And we may go through weeping and affliction for season. But God is there. Is a compassionate God. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. The word pity is compassion. He has great concern and care. God will see every one of his children, every brother, every sister, to pass through this pilgrimage successfully. One day stand before the Lord to receive a crown and to rule with him forever. When our eyes are on eternity, upon every word that God has spoken, every word of promise, supernaturally we're able to go through the waters and they don't drown us. Unlike Pharaoh and his army, God opposes us. We're able to go through the fire Unlike the Canaanites and many places that were destroyed in Sodom and Gomorrah because like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, God will be with us through the fire to bring us out victoriously. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. 
The God of Israel does not slumber or sleep. He's not only watching us, he's supplying grace. And God moves his people to receive the wisdom of God and to be diligent and seek him and cry to him with all our hearts. And as we intercede for one another, God in heaven hears and he turns our joy into a, a fullness that we've never experienced before. Taking away every tear and every sorrow. God is faithful. He is true. He is righteous, majestic. God is awesome. We can trust God with every detail of our lives. There's no one else like Him. And God will perfect that which concerns us. All that concerns us, that we're thinking about, and wondering about. God says, I will complete it. I'll perfect it. You abide in me and follow me. Trust me. We truly want God to come and weigh our hearts continually. And based upon His grace and compassion, God will teach us how to change and give us His Word to change us, to clean us, to make us what we ought to be. Our faith is through God we should do valiantly. Because the right hand of the Lord is exalted, the right hand of the Lord does valiantly. He will fight for His people. Greater glory is waiting for everyone who will go through every trial leaning upon the everlasting arms trusting God. Trusting God when it's unbearable. You don't know what's happening fully. He's our breath. He's our life. Shall we pray? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are everything, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you continue to purge us. Help us to think your thoughts after you, Lord. To truly have the mind of Christ. And continue, Lord, to chip away all the things that you need to so that we become truly like Jesus Christ. Lord, you've given so much in your holy word. The depths of the riches of God the unsearchable riches of Christ. We've been given in the Word of God every word, every promise, line upon line, precept upon precept comes from you, Lord, to help us to look into that mirror of perfect liberty, to be set free from everything that 
we have been bound by and things that we didn't even know we were bound by. You come and do a complete thorough work. Continue to fashion us according to your perfect will. And Father, I pray that everyone, everyone of us would live in a manner that would be well-pleasing to the Father to do your good pleasure. Bless the Lord, you, his ministers, who do his good pleasure. As you said in Psalm 103, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you love us so much, even when we don't understand and we are growing from the very first moment and becoming born again into your family. You feed us and you care for us, you nurture us. And as we begin to grow, begin to see that we can make choices and we can be conscious of deciding to do what we want. You instruct us and when we don't listen, you chasten us in your loving kindness, never in your heart displeasure, to bring us back and we come back and we're able to grow more and we receive the forgiveness of God, the, the goodness of God and we continue to grow and we see that we can actually become the fragrance of Christ, of life, wherever you put us. There's a glory of God that comes upon us and your eyes are always upon us. And wherever we are, we always can carry the presence of God with us. You show us the glorious side of living life in this world as human beings. To have a communion with God and to be taught by God and to bring all our thoughts to God and ask God to sift through them and search our hearts and to have that humility, that honesty, that ability to desire a genuine separation, consecration to God, and to have a true love for the Lord our God with all our hearts, minds, soul, and strength, to really know what that means, how much of an ultimate love and statement that is in commandment ultimate obedience to love the Lord my God with all my heart with all my strength to love the Lord my God with all my soul with all my mind to bring all of my being with all the strength I have to love God and then to love my neighbor as I love myself. The entire word of God hangs on this. We need revelation. We need strength to continue to be able to receive. So I pray, Lord, that you continue to expand our capacity, Lord, open our 
eyes of understanding to see the wonderful things out of your holy law. And I pray for prosperity for your people and health for everyone, Lord. Every single brother, every single sister on the call and everyone who's been interceding for Esther, for our family, our Father in heaven. I pray that the greatest thing that they would receive through this time of intercession pouring out their hearts for our daughter and for our family and for one another and the family of Christ. You're doing something big, great and glorious. Our God. Our God. The biggest gift is a transformation in the character of every single individual who's drawn near to God. Because you said, draw near to me. Come near me and I promise I will come near you. Hallelujah. Faithful is the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're faithful. You are faithful, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to His holy name. I am lifted up on the throne in heaven. Oh, Lord, our God. Oh, Lord, your compassions fail not. Thank you, Lord, for being with each and every one of us. Lord, your love has drawn us to you. And we know what life finally is, what life really is, true life in Christ Jesus, the creator of the universe, the maker of all things. Beautiful are you, Lord. And Lord, every need we have and every family, every child and every financial need and every physical need, Lord, those who are suffering, Lord, Father in heaven, I pray. Oh Lord, I pray that your mighty, righteous right hand, Lord, we stretched out. Your mighty arm. Lord, decree the healing and the release, Father. Every brother, every sister. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. They won't see the Egyptians anymore. They won't see those who are pursuing him. All the demons pursuing them. We put an end to it, Lord. To be able to walk in the freedom, having the genuine fear of the Lord who has rescued us from so great a trial, with so great a salvation. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Victory through the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Victory through the name of Jesus Christ. Victory through the stripes of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for raising Esther up from the sick bed to make her a mighty testimony, Lord. We're trusting you. Walk by faith and not by sight. What you've done before, Lord, you will do again in greater things. I thank you for every family, every brother, every sister, Lord, going through trials. Lord, extend your mercy to them. Lord, I pray, oh, that they would have a supernatural breakthrough, Lord. Have mercy upon them. Give deliverance. Give good success, I pray, this day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen.